This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. You're listening to the Golf Unfiltered Podcast, your source for in-depth interviews with the biggest names, brands, and personalities in golf. Our mission, to keep you informed and help you enjoy the game even more. And now, the owner and host of the Golf Unfiltered Podcast, Adam Fonseca. All right, folks, welcome back to the second edition of the Golf Unfiltered Podcast this week. This is technically episode 189, still in Orlando, covering the PGA Merchandise Show with our friends over at the Hackers Paradise. Joining me today, once again, is Mr. Gary Code. You know him as Molten on the THP Forum. And also, you uh, we are joined by Mr. Michael Verska. You've seen him a few times, and if you haven't already, a lot of the videos are going to be up on the website, and you'll see all the great work that Michael's done once again this year at the PGA Show. So guys, thanks for sitting down with me just for a few minutes. We wanted to talk about the evolution from not only yesterday, where we actually went on the floor, saw a lot of these booths being built in real time, which was kind of wild. I had never seen that before. And Gary, this being your first PGA Merchandise Show experience, you got to see yesterday when things were still kind of like toothpicks laying out on the, on the cement floor. But now today, you see the final product. And everyone from the public came in. So just first impression, difference between yesterday to today. I didn't think they could get it all done, <laughs> if I'm being completely honest. Uh, the state that it was in yesterday about noon, I didn't think that there was enough time in the world to get where they needed to be. But when they opened the doors at 9 o'clock, there was a really good level of polish. And all the big companies did it really well. Yeah. For sure. And it was just always great to see how it comes together. Again, I was, I said yesterday at the end of the show, I was happy that they put carpet down, even though my, uh, my feet are still hurting today. And, you know, these guys are giving me a little hard time about that, which is great. But, you know, it's, it's always nice to see the mix and different size of, of boots there, right? And we talked a little bit about this yesterday. Yeah, not only the mix and size of booths, I, I think there were a lot of small booths that were mm-hmm. done really, really well. Mm-hmm. The big ones went really big and really grand. But it's also the diverse clientele. I, yeah. You see some people from the media, some buyers, some people I'm not even sure why they're there. <laughs> uh, some very interesting uh, pant and wardrobe choices. I <laughs> presume they're advertising something, but yeah. whatever the product is, uh, it wasn't very effective. Mm. Uh, but yeah, it's everyone kind of brought something different. Uh, there were a couple of underwhelming booths, mm. but uh, they're smaller startup companies and yeah. they did what they had to do and most of them do and you know obviously this year we're talking a lot about how important the show continues to be for these brands not only the large brands the brands that we all know callaway you know uh titleist of course ping and others cobra but of course the smaller uh companies also and how they kind of build off of one another and they can use each other to a degree to get the word out about their products and michael this is your 20th show 20th time i've walked through these doors (laughs) so even from your perspective obviously you've seen so many of these the evolution of the show speaking in terms of the importance of it for these brands not only the large ones but the small ones as well 20th time walking through those doors today what was your first impression well it's it's great it's good to see it back 
bigger again, you know, the last uh, few years. When, when I first started going uh, back in literally 2000, this was a spectacle. Every, every golf company launched products there. Um, you know, it was, it was more of a party atmosphere um, in many regards. Yeah. There's still plenty of people having fun at, at, during the night here, but the whole feeling was more about energy and party. Um, even though there were a, lot, a lot more business was written, now it's much more business oriented. Mm-hmm. You know, they're, they're, you know, I'm not saying there's a direct perfect ROI that would meet a, um, you know, meet a minimum corporate requirement, but it is more that business, but in a positive way. The booths are getting bigger, as you mentioned. The booths are much more professional, and they're they're in in the sense that um, you know things are designed and such to get your attention. It's more about marketing. It's more about brand presence. Mm-hmm. It's more about the 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 tech story you're trying to tell, rather than hey, we're going to be flashy over here. Hey, we're going to put this big, you know, this big sign up that may or may not really tie into their brand equity, but we're just trying to get your attention. So, right. you know, and then you can look back to. You know, some of the, the late 2000s, uh, you know, the single digits when mm-hmm. the global economy was really bad. Yeah. Um, the PGA show took a severe turn there as well. So mm-hmm. it's really good with, you know, with one exception, everybody's back at the show this year. Right. Uh, including people who haven't been before. Uh, um, you know, it, it's certainly not the talk of the show, but I heard that several times today that, you know, we'll call a spade a spade. TaylorMade isn't here, right? Right. right. Um, but everybody else is, and you know, talking about you know Mizuno coming back on the floor and others and Bridgestone um, even they're and back. Bridgestone back yeah. and all those type of things. So mm-hmm. a lot of really positive things that um, I like to see because it shows health in the industry. Yeah. Um, you know, and I, I'm a big believer that this show is important for everyone, but I'm actually the other side. I think it's most important for the small brands sure. who, who can't break. F- who can't necessarily break through in other ways. Mm-hmm. Obviously, social media is easier for them because it's cheap and whatever, but uh, this is a chance for some smaller brands to really showcase their, their wares. Mm-hmm. Um, as you know, we didn't have a ton of time to go, to wallow through all of those today. But, right. Uh, you know, I look forward to that. Tomorrow's getting into um, the people that maybe you've heard of. Maybe you saw a post a couple months ago like, well, that, that's something cool. I need to check them out. Mm-hmm checking them out right yeah and it's funny too because there's a lot of differences in the way that they choose to market themselves and you touched on a little bit michael about just the different ways they use social media and you know we saw a few brands today that i'm sure we'll talk more about tomorrow even that you kind of have to go and and actually shake their hand and you don't want to do that with every brand but you only get to see what they put out on social and they do some great stuff but then you go and you see, it's like, okay, well, this is the entire story. These are the people that are putting those pictures out on social. And that's really a big benefit of coming to the show. Wouldn't you guys agree? Yeah. Yeah, I think uh, I think the human aspect of <clears throat> walking into the booth, mm-hmm. talking to people who are passionate about their product, obviously some of the bigger companies, they don't have the same sweat equity and ownership of it because it's such a, a large corporation. Yeah. But they're still very passionate about their product. Whereas... Uh, the one or two people who are running a, uh, whether it be a hard good or an apparel company out of their garage or right. some small uh, storefront, meeting those people, it's incredible to see the passion that they can really bring to the table and the passion and belief they have in their product. Otherwise, they wouldn't be here because they're investing in this yeah. uh, and hoping that the PGA show pans out for them. Yeah, I mean, I'm a big believer that golf is a product industry. Mm. You know, if you're a golf course, you have to have, you know, pace of play is important. If you're a golf course, you know, having the right conditions are important. If you're a golf club company, you have points of difference. Do you have some innovation to bring to the table? Having said that, it's still a relationship-based industry. Yeah. And it's even, in, in some regards, more so. You know, even looking back, you know, when I first got in the industry 20 years ago, 
you know, it was difficult for me to go out and, and meet the public and, and really get real feedback on a product design. Right. Obviously, we did te player testing. That is usually limited to one or two geographic areas, right? Um, yeah, sure, you'd, go out, you'd send the engineering team out on a demo day here or there, you know, one of the big ones. But now we can get real-time feedback. You know, people are buying the club. They're taking it directly to a golf course. They're posting on social media. They're buying a golf club or they just tested their buddies and they're posting, you know, a video of it on, on, on YouTube or, or on Instagram mm -hmm. or on Twitter. So, you know, that relationship, I can, and, and all brands, you know, can get these relationships, these micro-relationships directly with consumers. It wasn't possible, certainly not 20 years ago, and quite frankly, not even 8 or 10 years ago it wasn't possible. Sure. It's the way now, um, which, you know, makes product even more important, right? Because if product works, people are going to tell people. Right. And guess what? If it doesn't work... They're still going to tell people. Mm -hmm. So, you know, this is one more way to get those personal relationships. Uh, we happen to be in the Srixon booth today mm -hmm. talking to Noel, and uh, I thought this was both weird and cool, but more cool than weird. Yeah. Uh, a, a guy walked up and said, hey, Noel, I follow you on Twitter. Yeah, I just I wanted to that. say hi. Yeah, that's cool. And, you know, in one sense, is that a little spooky? You know, I guess you could make But I thought it was way cool. So mm -hmm. here's somebody whose job is to be a marketer and to interact with the public. Right. And she clearly had done at least part of her job very well. That it was important to this guy mm -hmm. to to not only seek out Strix on, hey, what's going on here, but to seek her out. Hey, I follow you on Twitter. I appreciate the things you post. Th that's cool. That's somebody who who's yeah. who's made a connection. Yeah. Now, obviously, one person doesn't you know make sales for the year, but you need to do that one person at a time, right? Right. That's exactly right. And yeah. you have to imagine that for every one person that comes up to her, there's. 10, 20, 30 that didn't. Right. And that's only the small subset of people that are here. Mm -hmm. I, I can I follow people on Twitter and follow them uh, quite religiously. You're one of them, Thank Michael. You. Um, I, we had met once before. But yep. it, it's interesting to see. I feel like I know a person that I don't really know. Right. And when they tell me a story about um, clubs or whatever the good is, I feel like there's a, a level of comfort that is not there with someone that I don't know from semi-regular interaction. You know, I, I can definitely relate to that as well. I mean, listeners to this show know that we have a lot of different guests on from the industry, and a lot of those people I actually were able, was able to meet for the first time yesterday and today. I mean, heck, Michael and I, uh, we've spoken. We don't live very far <laughs> from each other at all, and this is actually the first time we had a chance to shake hands uh, this week. But what I also noticed on the point of building those relationships, those personal just let's get in there and let's talk for a little bit, I noticed that that was reflected in the booth designs as well. It almost seemed like the booths, and I know that this has been a, a reoccurring theme over the years, but they're designed to bring you in so that you can actually sit down if you want to and have that conversation. There are others, maybe some smaller companies, that almost have that trade, that traditional trade show look Whereas there, there's this barrier between you and the other person with a table between you. We didn't see a lot of that today. Do you think that that is a, uh, a trend that is, is building within these types of shows? Um, well, I can't, being as it's my first, I sure. can't really speak to the trend aspect. But uh, it was interesting to see, as you said, some of them are much more inviting. I, I thought that, uh, for example, Titleist booth, although it lacked the sitting area. Right. It did, once you walked in, it kind of walled you in on all, all sides, and they almost kept you in, and it was almost an attraction where you walked the perimeter. Mm -hmm. um, Bridgestone, for example, was very inviting. It was open on all sides, but they had a really nice sitting area. Yeah. And it's, it's interesting to see how 
different companies went about making it welcoming and inviting and somewhere you'd want to stay uh, in different ways. I thought Cobra Puma did a really good job in you walk in not knowing what you're about to get to. Yeah. You walk left for Cobra, you walk right for Puma, but you end up in the same yeah. general area at the at the back end, and it was very inviting, and you were more or less stuck in there. Yeah, but it was almost like a walk out. almost like a storefront to yeah. a degree. Yeah, a lively storefront at that. Absolutely. Yeah, I think Cobra, Cobra and Callaway today specifically. I thought those two had the biggest buzz. The most people use your term you want to use. Uh, it's interesting in the Titleist booth. This is the second year in a row that they had that same booth layout last year to this year. Uh, one of the things I—it's black and white, right? Shocking. It's Titleist. Mm-hmm. But but having said that, you know, I think they do a really good job because it really does present the brand. You think about Titleist, you think about Elite, you think about Tour, and it, and it has just that little bit of standoffish. Like, boy, I want to peek in, right? Mm-hmm. Boy, I, I'm on the outside of a country club, and you know, I want to peek in. But once you get, if you know, once you get past that facade, it's open. And they, you know, they don't have bouncers. Maybe they should at times. But, <laughs> but once you get in there, it is very inviting, right? And yeah. it, it, it opens up this sea, like. You know, hey, it, and to me, I got the I got it last year and it reminded me again this year. It's like, hey, if you want to be part of Team Titleist, to use their marketing term, mm-hmm. yeah, you, you've you've kind of got to cross that bridge. But once you're in, you're in with us. And I thought their their booth, uh, I'm assuming it's intentional. They had that. It yeah. did have that facade that looked a little closed off. But once you take one step in, it's very open. It's very inviting. I have little pods. You want to learn about drivers? Come here. You, are you a Scotty Cameron nut? Come over. I didn't mean that in a bad way. By the way, <laughs> fair enough. God bless Scotty. Um, you know, come over here if you want to see wedges. So it really did have areas to learn, areas to interact with other people. Mm-hmm. I bring that up because I happened to see two people who, who were starting to have a conversation about the driver who certainly looked and talked with the little I overheard like they had never met before. Right. And yet here they are. They were both Titleist guys, mm-hmm. and they wanted to have a conversation, and there was a place to do it. So, um, you know, that, that and I look at something like Callaway whose booth is is enormous. Mm-hmm. You know, it's 20, 25,000 square feet, whatever it is. Um, and this year, they're much more, and I don't mean this in a bad way, much more corporate. Last year was very um, very fun, very mm-hmm. in-your-face, if mm-hmm. you will. Um, and this year, it's much more corporate. You know, as, as they conso- not consolidate, as they expand with, um, you know, Travis Matthew and Ojo, and now the new brand that uh, Wolf, whatever, that just slipped my mind. I mm-hmm. apologize. You know, as they become a little bit bigger, sure. it shows the brand, but but even more inviting. I mean, they had really no, literally no walls. Right. Come on in. Be part of Callaway. The whole list of, I would assume, is all or virtually all of their club pros out mm-hmm. there. How much more inviting? Here, Here's our people. Right. So a lot of good stuff. But having said that, there and I'm, I'm not going to call them out publicly unless Josh sells me to and we can add to tomorrow. There were a few that I was really surprised at how closed off it was. Yeah. You, I didn't feel like I was welcome there. Right. It almost seems like there is that, that that different dynamic between, okay, well, what do we think will work? We being the people putting the booths out there and the companies putting them out there versus, all right, well, what do we actually want to accomplish with this show this year? And, I, and to your point, Michael, I mean, I think it's very clear which brands, you know, especially those that have had product out for a certain amount of time prior to this week, they just want you to come in and talk about the stuff that you've already been seeing and probably swinging and hitting. And yeah, it, it was going going back. Sorry, just just yeah, a little bit. It. I, I want to just expand on the Titleist welcoming in. Once you got inside, it was so incredibly well staffed. And while I wasn't a gigantic fan style wise of the white coats um, <laughs> that everyone seemed to be wearing, um, it was very clear. Who you could go talk to, who you could get information from. That's a good point. And uh, that wasn't 
universal to all booths. Uh, I thought it was very interesting once you got in. Yeah. You knew who to ask, who to talk to. Where it's almost like the eye glance where you have to see, look someone in the face and then look down at their badge and see, okay, who are you with? And we, I was actually asked a couple of times, do you work with so-and-so? No, no, we're just, you know, standing around right now. But yeah, to your point, you knew exactly who you had to go to. And so, you know, what it really talks a lot about is just having those products that have already been out on the market for a few weeks where we've been able to try them, able to hit them, versus those that just launched this week. It almost seemed like that changed the dynamic of the relationships of the people that you spoke with, or at least the conversation they were having. Did you kind of notice that there was that difference there? Yeah, I didn't. Um, personally, I think if there was any misses by companies, again, I'm not going to call those out, but uh, I thought the stuff that was launched this week maybe wasn't, they didn't make a big, a big enough deal about uh, it. If yeah. you're going to wait until the third week of January to launch a product, Boy, what bigger stage to do it? And certainly there, there was things to talk about, and they did, but um, I thought there were some missed opportunities of the new stuff that was launched to make a bigger deal out of it. I think, I think a lot of companies did a great job in general, but that one specific, hey, this is new. that We, we just launched this. You guys just found out about it yesterday at the demo day. Uh, I didn't see that being, you know, the proverbial gold star or fireworks, sure. whatever, you know. I think those were misses today. Yeah, yeah, I could probably uh, think of a few as well based on that comment too. So last question for you guys. I know we've got a few more days here this week. We're getting ready to go back down to the pit. <laughs> but I wanted to ask just to both of you individually, one or maybe two things you're excited to see that we didn't see today that we're going to hopefully hit tomorrow. Gary, you want to go first? Yeah, uh, today we spent a lot of time with the big OEMs, and I'm excited to see what small company is out there mm -hmm. that is going to to catch fire is going to become uh, something to talk about is going to become a big success that someday will be bigger much bigger than they are now yeah it's always good to see kind of that that evolution is a word we've been using a lot in this conversation so yeah i'm excited to see that as well michael if i had to pick one, i'm actually a little excited about to see putters and go over those you know i, I think i mentioned on and, and i don't think i know i mentioned on twitter the stroke lab we didn't really have a chance to talk to get with callaway on that sure i think there's some really interesting um information data on that obviously they've, they've given the press release out and some some little snippets but i, I think there's a deep dive there that is a a guy who loves data and loves design uh, to get into that. And I think it's something really new. Mm -hmm. um, and then having then following through, there are now a whole bunch, probably too many, little what we call litter, little putter guys that yeah. you know you I have you've seen them on Facebook, you've seen them on Instagram, you see them on Twitter, maybe you've had an interaction with them um, to go see them in real life. Yeah. Is the stuff look as good as the pictures look? Um, you know what are what are their business plans? You know because do they want to become the next Odyssey? Um, or like, hey, you know, we this we want to make ten a month, and we're going to be happy with that and mm -hmm. that success. So, I think sometimes we we think about, you know, boy, if, if you're not a pick a number, ten million dollar, hundred million dollar, two hundred, you know, billion dollar, whatever the number is, can't be successful. But a lot of these guys, you know, they, they don't have the funding. Right. They may not even have the know how. I can make a cool putter. Mm -hmm. And you know, so how does their business grow? What do they define as success? Um, and you know, and, and how do they use people like not people, but brand and people like yeah. like THP? How do they you know use the consumers to, to help grow that? Um, as someone who loves you know helping to grow brands and designing product, those are the guys I want to see who succeeds and fails and, and why. Quite frankly, and my guess is after getting spent a little time with them, we might be able to make some predictions. Yeah, quietly, not publicly, mm -hmm. about who might succeed and might who fails. So that, that's one thing. 
And putters are cool. Yeah, and putters are definitely cool. Uh, so, yeah, a lot of great stuff that is in store for tomorrow, as well as our uh, followers over on our social channels and the forum over at THP. Gary, Mike, thanks for sitting down for a few minutes. <laughs>